Perfect. On that note, we are episode 27, the Krusty Mullet Podcast, John Lindsley and Billy Tarver. Out of the marsh. We are now official duck hunters. Last day of duck season. That's right. Uh, well, we both scored this morning. Yep. With ducks. Well. With ducks. And I went yesterday as well. Kind of got them scouted out, what they were doing. And it's kind of wild in those timber hunts. Um, I feel like as much as like <clears throat> we come off deer season coming into like the next big one would be like turkey. We do it. We're not like it's eight thirty in the morning. John's already drinking <laughs> lights, <laughs> light beers, which is totally fine. He, but he's sitting over here getting mad at me for chewing on Skittles and drinking my coffee. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, um, but it's such a fun little segment of time during the year that we do go blast the snipe in mm-hmm. the ducks but we're not like big duck hunters we're not big snipe hunters but we 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 love doing it when we when we get into it but like with that season if you will it's, it's the like, only thing in season so it's like, you know <laughs> yeah but like by the time we really get into it it's over it feels uh-huh. like every every season i'm finally like attuned to getting up and like getting in there and i find the ducks and snap and then it's over but that's because we're usually still deer hunting correct yeah during duck season goes one more weekend past deer so that gives us a full five weekdays and two two week, weekend days. <laughs> the make it ratio happen. is pretty good, though. I went in scouting on the Saturday of the two days before the end of the season. But no, it was cool. Our, kill, uh, our ratio is good for the amount of time we actually put in it. And wood ducks are good eating. Um, and, you know, you can kind of get in there and, like, you're done within 10 minutes usually when they're piling in there. So you don't have to be – I didn't even have – I mean, I'm just standing there in the mo- in the – kind of in the open. But there's so much timber, you just lean against a tree and – it's tough when they're weaving through there. I had my mojo going yesterday. It only has one wing on it because I lost the other. Still? So, yes, it's our duck hunt. Now, I've never had this happen. Well, it's I, a tough part about it in the timber, just getting them all to line up on the water together. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wish they would. I would I would gladly take a water whack. But, no, they were piling through and just going left and right. But I've never had this happen, and I'm sure other people have. On my mojo, I was sitting there, and a red-tailed hawk came down and started attacking it. You ever had that happen? Not with, not with that, but I've a one wing. It must have looked like it was just like oh, I'm, or something. I've, I've had a lot of owls and hawks hit my uh, back when I, Well, when I used to for predator calling, I used to sometimes run the little like woodpecker flashy yeah. piece on the top of the call. I quit doing that because I found it stalled up the animals. But um, I've they had come I've, after it. one time an owl came and actually grabbed it and pulled it off the <laughs> off the machine. Mm-hmm. Up in Xenoxy, it literally grabbed it and pulled it right off the machine hmm. and then flew up and landed in the tree. And I'm like, looking up in the tree. Did you get it back? Yeah, he dropped it. Because oh, he's like, what is this? And then he dropped it right out of the tree. But of course, there's a bunch of brush and stuff under the tree he decided to land in. But mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was kind of funny. Hmm. We did go on a duck hunt after we recorded last time in uh, public land. I took you on a state forest hunt <laughs> where I did shoot at some ducks. I had missed them the time before, but we didn't see anything. And you got a... A full search on your truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he was uh, the officer that runs in there is a really nice guy. But you were ahead of me because you had to pick someone up from the airport. Mm-hmm. And then he, he stopped me. I had I saw the blue lights and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. But then he's like, I guess I had that morning left my car door wide open on the main road because we were trying to rush and get in there. And I was gathering all my stuff and my car was parked at an angle off the bank. I forgot to close my front, my main door. And I guess he went in there and checked it to see who I was, even though, well, whatever. He probably could have run my license plate. Could have. 
But uh, <laughs> it turns out <laughs> he I think he thought you didn't have something. Yeah, he said that I didn't have a certain permit. The wild, the the, the free, the um, free, the migratory permit, which I have. I have that for both state of Florida and South Carolina, and then I also have a duck stamp because that's federal. And that goes over top of everything. But it turns out it was me that actually didn't have it. Oh, really? I think. Huh. Yeah. Gotcha. But, but I call. I texted him and said, "Hey, man, I, I think I know you thought it was John, but I think it was me, and I apologize, and I got it now." Um, he was super cool. So about for the it. record, <laughs> for the record, get your migratory bird permits for yeah, free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he's a, he was really nice, and we actually talked. And um, he talked about having a good resource for like where we were in Tiger Bay. There, I mean, he he knows the ins and outs of that place, where people mm-hmm. harvest stuff, this and that. I mean, that's where he patrols. And um, I mean, you can see why some some of the stories he was telling me. You can see why these guys are on freaking defense with some of the people they deal with. Oh yeah, um, well, because everyone's trying to be sneaky on what they're doing, and yeah. they have to deal with all kinds of stuff. I right. mean, whether it's baiting or this or that. I mean, and a lot of people just—it's hard to get into hunting because there's so many different rules. And I mean, people—you right. kind of just need a mentor for it. But he, um, what he was telling me is like, you know, he—you know—he got that. He kind of gets it. He, he could tell he. And so one of the things he was saying is like, you know, if people just are straight up with me. I'm not going to try to just bury them, you know. But it's the people that lie to me and try to scheme around. You can see right through it. Those are the people that mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, need to then they need to get taught a lesson. Basically, or they they'll write them up for more. But like if it's if it's an honest mistake or it's like okay, they know they shouldn't been doing it. I mean, I don't know. You can just like some guys are real jerks. This guy is a yeah. cool dude, you know. Yep. And I could tell that because I've dealt with the jerks before. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're listening. You course. know who you are if you're listening, punk. <laughs> I know where you live now, but the um, but this officer is super cool. And I actually, I need to call him because we need to get. I, I told him that we tried to take him snipe hunting. Oh yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe so we can shoot a couple more limits, right? <laughs> it's right. <laughs> Anyways, um, public service announcement: We've been talking about my stone crab traps, and I put something on Instagram probably about a month ago. I'd been building them out of my house siding. I put them out in this bay. I think that's where we last talked. And I ended up catching one that didn't have any claws. And then I moved them into a better area. And unfortunately, two of them have gone missing. And they have to be stolen. And I'm going to say that because everyone's like, well, they probably drifted off. But I don't think so. Because they were all up a creek. And there was one that wasn't stolen. And the two between it were. And the one on the back end was still there. And we're talking a deep hole, and it's real shallow, 60-plus pounds. Um, I checked it with my gator hook, marked them. So they had to have been stolen, and someone else. Um, so if you see a cypress siding trap, <laughs> pretty unique. They're in an antique store off Holly Hill somewhere right <laughs> yeah. now. Someone selling them as like a 50-year-old they trap. Actually, I've seen some of those <clears throat> traps go for a lot of money, those old wood ones. Yeah, these are me pretty too. Unique. But these are these are built by me, so they're not that pretty. <laughs> Uh, not that great, but you're going to be doing some stone crabs coming up. Well, I got the kids and the wife outside painting the buoys right now. Yep. So I'm trying to be, make them like Ian's with uh, the bedazzle. Bedazzle. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing, but I'm trying to figure out what bait I want to put in them. I think I might use some old stuff from the deep freezers. I don't think it's. Use an otter. <laughs> the otter would work, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. Um, would you use the guts or the meat? You really, for crabs, you want something they can like hold on to and that lasts for a while. Like I use that boar hog that I shot. Um, I shot a big boar hog and I took his shoulders and things like that. And 
the end of the day, it's a great use of the pigs. If you're, if you're getting rid of swine and you can freeze it and break it down, it lasts forever. I mean, it's rank. When you pull it up, though, that's the thing is this meat sits in there. Too bad I can't put my friendship in the trap door. What do you mean? Because it's strong and it lasts forever, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> well, Be I don't know. Where, where would I get an otter? I don't know. Maybe in your front driveway. <laughs> maybe hanging in my tree out there. Make a cool pelt, pelt though. You're going to get that tan, obviously. Oh, absolutely. You should see. Well, you see my other one, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's really so cool. soft. Mm-hmm. I can't like three or four times a day. I actually go and get that thing out and rub it against my face. Put it back. Yeah. It's that nice. Hmm. It's soft. You just got back from a trip. A buddy of mine was, he's like, you guys need to tell more hunting stories. And uh, I was thinking when you were in Ohio, tell us about that. Because that's a unique area. I mean, you know, Ohio is just getting ragged on left and right on social media. Why? It's just, they they just talk about like the state and like the people and like they just, you've never seen those like internet memes. They're always like, oh, probably something about Ohio. You haven't seen that? It's, it's, a great, it's, a, it's a great drinking state with a hunting problem. Yeah. <laughs> with a good hunting problem. Yeah. So you went from Virginia to Ohio. <laughs> they have like a muzzle loading. I mean, what's your... Yeah, so uh, my buddy Dan, um, I went up there and, and hunted with him, and he's got a couple of really cool pieces. Beautiful land. Nice and rolling. Um, there's, there was a big, I don't know, creek or small river. I never actually saw it with my eyes, but you could see it through the trees where I'd sit. Uh, running through and late season, unfortunately, the deer were dropping their antlers while I was up there. And I, I sat and saw some small bucks and a bunch of does. Deer, big, big bodied deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that came out on me was a freaking finally, finally came out. And I could see him coming down through the hills, through the, the woods. And there's mm-hmm. no leaves on it. So I could see his body coming out. I was like, dude. And he was super dark and he was approaching. They can corn bait up there. So there was, you know, um, feeders Dan and had, stuff like that. Yeah, he had a couple feed areas set up. And I saw that deer coming. I was like, oh, it was on literally the last day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yes, here we go. This is it. This is what I've been waiting for. I knew it was a big, huge bodied. And he's probably 200 yards away, but I could see him kind of creeping through the, the thicket. <clears throat> big, dark body. We got up to the edge of the thicket. I couldn't make any antlers. Yet. I actually forgot my binos that day, but I was having my loader with my scope. So I was kind of zoomed up. And when he stepped out, I could see this big bloody pedicles on top of his head. Mm-hmm. And I was so Drop of his antlers. He, yeah, so we, if it's the same deer, we're pretty sure it was the same deer. We had pictures two days before, two evenings before, big old mainframe eight or whatever it was, eight or nine. <clears throat> and he freaking steps out. And, it was like 150 inch deer before or something? Or how big was it? I mean, he could have been. For yeah. sure, hundred about 150. Yeah, he huh. probably was. Maybe, you know. You go find those sheds. <laughs> I literally thought a second, like, man, I'm going to shoot him. And then I'll <laughs> go just go backtrack sh- his trail, <laughs> find his antlers and freaking. Yeah. See the taxidermist here. Yeah. <laughs> see two racks. And I've heard people shooting deer, though, and the rack falls off. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, my buddy Art up in St. Augustine shot a good buck a few years back. Mm-hmm. It was like three or four years ago. Um, and it was like the, one of the last days of the season. Mm-hmm. And he shot an open field. Up the front of the property, and the thing took off running. And the like one pine tree in the freaking field, the deer smacked into right mm-hmm. before it died. And both of its antlers flew off. Hmm. So go figure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one that you ended up getting. Um. Yeah. It was just. It was like the a call buck. It didn't was, he? Wasn't he missing an antler or no? Or do you have both? 
forgot. He he, he was broken he was like off on one year. side. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But he would have been like a big eight or like not big eight, but just whatever. But <clears throat> he didn't have brow tines, period. Yeah. Like he was not what they're growing up there, you know, not what they're trying to grow. And so it was a great deer. It was a pretty good body deer. It was good eating too. Oh, dude, the, the beat was so good. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I cooked those back straps and I mean, I've eaten real good deer before in Kansas, Illinois, this and that, but that meat, you looked at it like marbled. When I cut that backstrap up in the medallions, it was so good. Mm-hmm. And it was just tender. Like it was like truly tastes like, like, you know, um, filet. Make, make known. Yeah, exactly. You well, know? I ground, I need to bring that to you. <laughs> I actually made some sausage out of it that turned into more like hamburger. It was good. Though, more right? seasoning. It was really good. It's really good. My sausage seasoning though. I tried to do like a proprietary blend that just wasn't enough. Salt sausage takes like a lot of salt and seasoning. Legs number ten is a pretty good one. My buddy Will's recommended that. It and is salty so, though. No, it just takes a lot of salt. Like oh, yeah. you know, I probably could have used more seasoning on it, but it's a good blend. Um, other than that, I did a big camping trip recently. And I know I'm kind of on a camping kick right now. I'm gonna do a Mosquito Lagoon one, and we went down to Big Cypress. It was actually a buddy of mine's bachelor party, and. uh kind of not you know your normal thing <laughs> and he didn't think that many people were gonna go and i think there was like a dozen of us and we packed in there and six dudes n- no 12 a dozen a dozen is 12 with all dudes all dudes how'd you get the strippers in there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you have airlifted in big amazon strippers come on it was it was wild though if you've i mean I guess it was uh, Joe Rogan was talking about this the other day, and it's true. Like, I don't know. Like, you get in like habits, and you get lazy, or you just—I don't know how to explain it. But there's so, and, and it's just in general, people they get in habits, they get lazy, and just the same old things. They never challenge themselves. Yeah. And you need they're they're basically actually I think Steve Rinell was on that one, and they were saying that you need to challenge yourself at least once a year and do something that's out of the box, and and not like hiking and camping is out of the box, but. When you're packing in somewhere for four days, it was four days, three nights, and you're bringing water and you have water filtration and you got to think about it. It's kind of like we did that turkey hunt where we packed in last year and you're, you're, you're thinking outside of your normal course of, and you're not comfortable going into this. And it's just, I mean, I think I had 65 pounds walking in there, but it's cool. I mean, you look at everything so much differently too. Like I shot a dove and, um, <laughs> it was like part of what I'd be eating because otherwise eating those freeze dried meals and, and they're all right, but get real meat and we cook some fish and mm-hmm. caught some fish and you know you look at big what kind sea- of fish were you catching bass um everything down there is pretty much like in, invasives i did catch kill bass i got a four or five pound bass and a smaller bass and then some of these like landlocked ponds were full of oscars yeah um, did you eat any oscars uh one of the guys did yeah how it, was it I, he, it was really good to him i mean they say they taste like specs or it's all what they're eating you know yeah then we were watching these guys in this canal um they were throwing these cast nets and dude, they had like a dozen to fifteen Oscars every time they would pull it up, really, which is crazy. Yeah, but we were way back in there. We hiked in like five plus miles, and we were looking. And this is you know, Big Cypress is like one plus million acres. It runs the whole way down to the Everglades. It's all Southwest Florida. Um, I'm telling you, man, if people come in there, the only times people come in there is like illegally because they're riding a buggy, and you can only walk in certain areas on certain trails, right? And I mean, I think <clears throat> were the guys if, casting nets? Did they have a buggy in there? You think? No, no, they were in a canal, not near where we were. Where oh. we were, you we you never saw a person, and and you really wouldn't because there's 
you know, it's kind of void of game. You look at the Panthers. Right. We saw Panther tracks, and we saw that's nice. Looks good. Buoy. That's cool. Is that blue? Yeah. If you see the turquoise uh, crab chops, those are their bellies. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice and aquatic. So feel free to grab whatever you want out of those well, traps. Is the R uh, black? No, it was already like that. It was like dug in. Yeah, that's good. That way it's less less obvious. Killer. That looks um, great. Just leave them all aqua. You don't even need to put red on them, do you? Maybe like a red dot or something or nah. To eat your own. Uh, but you go know, like the Panthers, their they're comeback or whatever, they have killed all the deer down there. Like, right. I walked eight plus miles without seeing a deer track. It's a ton of panther tracks, bear tracks, and it's just tough habitat. And on this one area that we were, and we ended up hiking to another area, it was amazing. Like, you wouldn't really hear, like, songbirds and stuff. And then the next day when we were in a more, called fertile area, it was amazing how much more game or just, like, fauna around you, like, talking and whatnot. I mean, do you, do you think that it could have been... Some cycle with the man. Yeah, sometimes you're deer no, hunting and just 100% dead, no. dead quiet. 100% no, because okay. we've talked to people that have hunted this area, um, and they said it's pretty much void of deer. And if you look at it, it's like a um, you can go to MyFWC, and you can actually look at the harvest reports for certain areas. And if you look at the deer count in Big Cypress as a whole, they were killing like 200 deer a year or something like that back 10 years ago. And now I think they kill like 40 or 50. How big of an area and how big of an area? Well, I don't know. I think it's 850,000 acres or something. But the thing, you know, you look at Big Cypress. Big Cypress is north of the Glades, but the Glades ties into that. And then you have other management areas that all tie into that. So it's it's millions of acres, or it's well over a million acres so what when do you, you start what do you think tying is, it all you think together. you Panthers? Yes. Number one, that's yep. it? I mean, you look at, you used to have armadillos and this and that and, and hogs. There used to be a ton of pigs, and those have all been eaten by panthers i mean a lot of this is documented on on so film when's as gonna well. be panther season yeah right well that's a whole nother subject you know they brought in texas cougars and bred them with the panthers because they had the whole thing and blah 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 but yeah i don't know once they start going uh, you know, i'll tell you what a- once they start going north of lake okeechobee which they already have like the males have range and they sure. just had a female go over it and it starts becoming an issue i imagine there's going to be a bigger stink about it because they do eat cattle and, they, and you start messing with people's livelihood i think you'll You'll probably see a little more. And quite, you know, the crazy thing I is down a, there. I saw a bear yesterday, which was crazy when I was driving down. A little baby bear. It was super baby bear. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it was on 95 and there was no other mamas, nothing around. And it was like, I mean, I know bears that are big enough that even when they look small, can fend for themselves usually. Mm-hmm. This thing definitely, there's no way it could fend for it. It looked like a, when Fisher and I first saw it, we were driving south and I, it was right by the Edgewater exit. Mm-hmm. I was like, it first looked like a coyote. Then I was like, was that a monkey? And then from Ocala, <laughs> well, it looked like a monkey. It was like, yeah. all, and on four is running. And I was like, holy smokes, that's a freaking, that's a black bear cub and yeah. a little one. Like, I wonder if his mom had crossed <clears throat> like earlier and it was just kind of, I don't know, trailing it, along. It looked like almost too small to be by it. Like, because I think it, all that stuff's pretty high fence down there. I wonder if it got like mixed <clears throat> up or something. I don't know, but I was thinking if there weren't rules against it. And there weren't cars all around. Have a little baby bear. I could have got out and like, hey, hey, buddy, what you doing? You want some <laughs> yeah. honey? And then when he was 400 pounds. Then he would protect me. Yeah. And I'd be out, we'd be out rolling in the woods and people would be like, you want to mess with me? I'd be like, get him. Get him. Like, what would I name the bear? Mm. Get him. 
teeny, <laughs> tiny, Chester. I don't know what you name a bear like that, but it was cool. It looked like a little teddy bear. Huh. And I was wondering, like, is he – and, you know, there's freaking so many developments all the way down. It's just mm-hmm. like a you – know, you wonder with the panthers, it's all like everything's warm and cuddly until it starts – Eating people. That's another thing in the panthers is like when you're walking down there because you see so many tracks, you're cognizant of it. And at times – you know, our group, I would break out and I'd kind of do my thing and I'd go walk or start on somewhere early. But when you're by yourself, like I'm always looking behind me down there because I'm thinking I'm going to get stuck. Like, you know, a cat's going to sneak up behind you and it's going to have you by the throat right. and you're dead in like three seconds. So I did carry a gun on me. And I think most people did. I was primarily it, trying to hunt and, you know. I mean, I probably people were like, I don't know. If have you ever heard of a fatal cougar attack? Hundred probably a hundred percent of the people that are fatally attacked by a cougar don't report it because they get dragged off. Hundred percent of the people oh, fatally yeah. attacked don't report it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. And I'm yeah. thinking, okay. <laughs> I mean, no, what I'm thinking though is like a cat drags you know it off and whatnot. Sure. But I don't know. There has I don't think there's been it's, a, a it's panther been, attack or there's there was something like a couple of years ago like one he did something. But yeah, I haven't. I've got I got attacked when I was about. 32 to about 35. Yeah. From the cougars. <laughs> they don't look out. They don't care anymore. Uh, anyways, but the terrain down there is awesome. It's like I say awesome. Like it's such a poor like soil. It's all limestone, which is crazy. I mean, it's like a Swiss cheese bottom. I mean, there was, a, there was a hen turkey when she was running away. You could almost like hear the, like, this is so hard. It's weird. It's weird. Speaking of hen turkeys, they're already blowing up around here. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were gobbling down there. I mean, I was, I was driving up the road. I was, I'm already seeing them out in the field, strutting around and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. It is. Yeah, turkey season's coming, and we did some turkey episodes last year. And I mean, it's uh, a buddy was asking me about that a couple of days ago. Like, well, where should I go, or what should I do, and where to be? Um, but yeah, no, that's coming. We got. I mean, right now, between now, what I want to do this year is I just got a thermal, um, and I did that with you last year for coyotes and a thermal and you had an infrared. So I just got this day night thermal and that thing is cool. Oh yeah. And it's a good time of year. If you're, if you're going to do it right now, all these fawns are about to start dropping. Well, well, it's a good time of year right now because there's not fawns dropped yet and there's no pulse yet. There's like a low food source about to be dropping. Isn't it their mating season for coyotes? You're the coyote man. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it is mating season right now. They're older, they're a lot more responsive to vocals, to mm-hmm. coyote vocalizations, but they're also um, really privy to predator to the wounded animal calls right now because there's really not a lot of like the deer, their main source. There's not a lot of baby deer out there right now yet. I mean, deer are their main source when they're dropping, not right. Yeah, like the fawns yeah, and yeah, stuff. Sure. When they're like right when that starts to happen, but but like also coming into spring, there's a lot more available food for them to eat right now. Like. You know, there's always food in Florida, but like it amplifies. You go north a little bit further, you can call them in way easier right now mm-hmm. because there's really a lot less food for them to sure to eat on. Um, but like you know, I was telling you out at Ron's, out at Ron's place, he's been hearing him. He's been hearing him fire off lately a lot, mm-hmm. and I haven't. I, w- I waylaid him two seasons ago out there, and then last season it was pretty void. Wow. But then this season, he says it sounds like there's a lot of them, which, yeah. as you and I have discussed before, if you put a big hurting on the population, the females usually have a lot bigger litter sizes, yeah. and it almost does the opposite effect of what you want to do the following season. Yeah. And that's what I'm, for my personal whatever, 
I'm hoping that's what it's done. Now there's, but see, is that why you can shoot a bunch of them? <laughs> yeah. So I can go out there and shoot a bunch now because, but I'm also thinking, but I need to go do it, knock them down again. Cause if not, then they'll probably like hammer the turkeys. So they or ha- just booger up your turkey season where they won't gobble as much or, you know, yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of predators. I've there's, seen some but, places where they just get, but I noticed quiet. the turkeys explode out there the year after I did that, I killed a bunch of them. So it's been like three or four years, actually three years probably since I really smoked them out there. Mm-hmm. And then the very next season, there were a ton more turkeys, hmm. ton more turkeys. So yeah, maybe that was it. I mean, turkeys get, get it from everything. Avian predators. You look at hawks. Like if they, if they had a, I think South Carolina, a couple other States have an avian predator. Permit you can get. Pulse, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're talking about nesting hens and stuff. I mean, snakes are a big predation. A lot of people don't think, but snakes will tear them up. Raccoons, raccoons. raccoon populations. I probably mentioned on a previous podcast. They're, they're <laughs> dude, the raccoon populations are skyrocketing because they actually do well in fragmentation. They're like, 250 times what their previous populations were because they can w- live in like a suburbia and thrive in that. Yeah. <clears throat> or dog proof aren't, or the, um, but they have you're allowed, honestly in Florida. The crazy thing is you're allowed snares. I think you're allowed live traps. I don't know how you can, cause I, those people use live traps all the time, but you're allowed snares yet. You're not allowed leg traps. And I'd like to make a petition because a leg trap, you can let an animal out. If you get something and you're like, oh, I want to let it go for sure. But a snare that thing's hung up. Right. And, and don't quote me on this. I'm 99% sure you can use snares in Florida, but you can. Yeah. You have to have a deer stop on them now. But, yeah. But the deer stops do not always work. Yep. And they, let me, let me, you ever try to get a deer out of a freaking snare that's alive? <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's brilliant. not going to work. No. I mean, that's the thing too, is the snares half the time things are alive and you can't be selective. You cannot release whatever it is. With, with it's, the, it's pretty much just going to be hung. Well, those foot tra- traps that I use in Virginia, mm-hmm. they're offset, they're cast. So cast, they're like a flat surface, not like a sharp jaw that bites in. Yep. They're flat. And then they're offset. So when the, when the jaws are completely together, there's a maybe, a, I don't know, an eighth of an inch one way, eighth of an inch the other, and there's a box. What that does, it still holds the foot of whatever the animal is, yet it allows blood circulation. So mm-hmm. it doesn't go numb on the animal. Because that's when the animals chew them off. Mm-hmm. When, they have the, when they have the blood supplies cut off and they can't feel it, well, gotcha. it's just like having a Nintendo leg. Or having sitting on your hand when you're a kid, and mm-hmm. you know your hand feels dead. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. I know, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, you do. No, I don't. stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Anyways, but they won't chew their own hands off, and I've got my hand stuck in them. Um, my fingers when I was yeah first get, first getting going, you know, and yeah, it definitely did not feel good. But I didn't break my fingers or anything. Mm-hmm. They're way more humane. Uh, yeah, you can release stuff out of them. Way, I mean, way more just... humane than the old days, mm-hmm. where it was just like a jaw trap or a flat, sharper edge, no offset. Where I mean, you know. But they really should bring that back because the whole fur trade's you know kaput. And some, someone there was something I was listening to the other day talking about certain furs are actually kind of back. Uh, I forgot which one it was because a lot of them are farmed now. You know, like those mink farms, like during COVID, they had to kill all those minks and stuff. And really, yeah, yeah. And oh, like the Europe mink had COVID. No, <laughs> no, they. I forgot. I don't. Know, it was like they. That's why they did the chickens. They would just slaughter, but because they didn't have enough people, or I forgot what it was. Um, no, not that. There's avian bird flu right now. That's why chicken eggs are so much. So they got to kill them all. But I guess some of these wild birds are dying too. And you know, yeah, I don't know. 
wonder if the avian flu has been like pushed pushed along by some other higher levels. Could be. I mean, it's not hard. I mean, part of the plan, dude. <laughs> Shut down the God, eastern seaboard. Citizen inflation, inflate the state, and freaking affect all the food and blow the plants. No, help me bail. Give fleet fees. Feed me, government. Oh man. Anyways. Why you keep cutting me off, dude? Because <laughs> we're not going down that rabbit hole. I do want to mention something, and you're going to hear it first. And there's going to be regulation on this moving forward. Is on drones, and you you probably heard elsewhere. But there's this account, and you should and look at this. It's, it's awesome. It's on YouTube. Um, Deer drone recovery. This guy has a drone, and he does it up in I think it's Ohio, and he actually does classes and this and that. He probably, I think my buddy was saying he had like twenty grand on that drone essentially but he has a thermal and he also has infrared and what he does is he, he charges like 400 bucks if you got a deer he'll fly it up and even in timber he comes up over and he's looking at all the deer and he'll he'll hover over it flip it over to infrared look at it be like that's your deer if it's dead or even if it's injured and they go find him but he can see everything and so in addition to that he does these deer studies where he can fly over someone's place and he can be like oh well you know you have 30 deer and X amount of, you know, bucks on your 400 acres. You can't see the bucks, so they're thermal. Yeah, nobody switches over to infrared. Oh, like, okay. what if you watch the video, it's pretty crazy because he'll he'll run over the he, timber and all that kind of stuff. So and he'll find the deer and then switch to infrared to see what's right. on his head? Yep, and it zooms in. I mean, it, he's it's high tech. Like, obviously, he's got a lot of money in it, but same thing with technology. I just got that thermal scope, I think, for like 800 bucks, and those things used to be thousands. But just think about this. Like, even certain times of the day, he can't do it, but he can run it. It's usually at night, but I want to say something about like when the sun's coming up because the you know the heat and whatnot. But pretty soon these people are going to be launching these things up, flying over, hitting the thermal, and we go, oh, well, there's the buck. And then I don't know. I just think of like dog hunters because <laughs> it's so prevalent. I mean, so and they're going to be like, all right, let's get them, let's turn them loose. And then what, at what point do you, do well, you start curbing back some of this stuff? I mean. You look at these shotguns for turkeys and people are shooting like to 80 yards now. It's like, do you really call that turkey in? Because you can pretty much crawl up to them at that point. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, some people put scopes on shotguns, which I'd never... I get maybe a slug gun. You talking about because I just put a scope on? No, no. <laughs> I mean, for my seven-year-old. No, no. I'm, well, I But mean, then again, I started with iron sights. And so it's like... Well, that's what you I'm know, saying. Like, I guess it's like a debate. Like with what a rifle, you do. yeah. With a rifle, yeah. Like, because it's a single projectile, but shooting a pattern, mm-hmm. the whole idea of shooting a shotgun, unless it's a slug gun, I get. Mm-hmm. But like, you're shooting a pattern, dude. Like, you're, why do you need a freaking scope? There's a lot of people that got scopes for their turkey guns mm-hmm. and this and that, and the red dot scopes, and they sometimes can be more of a hindrance. Like last year when that guy had one, and it was too light. It, like, and that's with yeah. those red dots. Sometimes they're too brighter. Right. The batteries. If the battery's dead, then you're Kind of in a situation. It's a shot gun. It's yeah. a shot. It shoots a ball of shot. Yep. It shoots a pattern. If yeah, you but can't, if you're shooting out to 75 yards, if you had a scope or red dot, it'd be easier. Open sight, you're you're good to like, I don't know, 50? Yeah. Which is still crazy. I mean, I don't know. Open sight, like you just kind of lose. Not with a pattern. Maybe. I, could, I could throw one of those three and a half inch, five, six, seven far. tungsten. I could hit, hit paper. I mean- Maybe we'll try that out after this. At 80 yards? 80. I, could, I could kill a turkey, no problem. 80 yards? Yeah. You don't think so? I don't know. We can guarantee test it out. We'll, we'll pace it out after this. Guarantee you. I would, I, I'd put five. I'd put a it wouldn't, be as, it wouldn't be as rewarding, though. 
That's calling them in close. Well, no, of course not. But yeah, no, some of this, like I'm saying, some of this technology is a little crazy. I will say though that. Maybe you shouldn't be hunting with decoys in a big open field then. Because. Yeah. Well, they can hurt you too. I've had plenty of times decoys screw me up. They they talk about Jake decoys. It's the same thing with using some sort of motion thing when you're in a big field uh, hunting predators. Once they see it, they stop and look at it. Same with a lot of turkeys will come Mm -hmm. in and they'll see that hen and be like, okay, come on, come to me. Yeah. While you just stand in there, you know, a smart, like a bigger Tom. Yeah. I had that happen to me. I think I may mention that story where I called one in and. He stopped at like 55 yards as I was a kid back in the day. And, and then he went on his way. And the next day I just left the decoy there and I moved up 50 yards and he did the same thing. <laughs> I shot him. The decoy was way behind me, but yeah. he hung up to the same thing. But, you know, I don't know. Turkeys are awesome. I mean, we're looking forward on it all. You know, I think um, I want to try this year. I want to get one and put little wheels on it put like or mount it to like a. They have that. You can buy them at Bass Pro. But. but but set it out there, and when the turkey starts coming to it, have like a little rope on it, yeah. and start pulling it slowly towards you, mm-hmm. and a little faster, and stop and pull it right to you, and grab the son of a gun or throw a spear yeah. at him. But you've seen those ones where the turkey like runs up to them and they're right behind it, the, yeah. like the reaping stuff, and yeah, yeah, you can yeah. almost grab one. They're actually it's a tough shot because you're using a full choke to run at you, and they usually jump back, but. I got a couple of tricks up my sleeve for this year and things I'm going to Put do. a GoPro on the back of the turkey that you're dragging, the decoy. Uh-huh. And then, like, that'd be cool footage. It would be. It would be. Maybe we'll try it. Maybe. I just need to find a receptive bird. Yeah. Until then, it's snipe season. Ducks are over. Speck fishing. And uh, shrimping. Um, I've been seeing a lot of reports of people getting shrimp. Like, we did the cast netting, which you probably saw. If you on Instagram back in summertime, we had a killer run this year. It was like two months we haven't at f- least. Yeah. We haven't been fishing at all. Well, you haven't. I have. I went caught a bunch of sheep's head and black drum. But real fishing. That is real fishing. Sheep's head are <laughs> awesome to eat. They are, man. Anything that eats crustaceans. And that's the thing about this black drum. Black drum are better, the smaller ones, because but, they just feed on crustaceans. And they look nice when you get it when you pull their lips up. They look like a real person. Real pretty. Chair. Real pretty. They're not the prettiest fish, but at the end of the day, they're tasty. And, you know, that's the thing about you going offshore this time of year is, I mean, they killed it on Wahoo, but um, you, ha- you got to pick your days if your boat's not that big. And right now, even if your boat is big, it's tough. Right now and tomorrow are the times to go. If you guys are listening to this when it drops tomorrow at 12 a.m. and you want to go tomorrow, call me. <laughs> call me because I will only go tomorrow, maybe the next day. Yeah. Because the main is right where it needs to be right now. Hmm. What about the spec bite? Is that almost? Is that almost right? I'm not a spec fisherman. That? Oh, no, call the state. <laughs> <laughs> call the state, dude. Those things take a hammering. Um, one one other thing I want to mention. I want to see if if you, this guy did this thing on YouTube, and uh, you can like wet age a deer, and he took one and ice bathed it like with water, and the other one he put it on top of the ice. And he's claiming it doesn't make any difference. He did a taste test and he like did it at like a barbecue and had everyone fill out a, a sheet on which one was good and like this and that. And, you know, I've always been told like, don't let water touch the meat. But he's, he's trying to prove the theory that you should really just, it doesn't matter. Just submerge it in ice water. I mean, you, there's so many other outside factors. You mean his barbecue taste test was not the- 
<laughs> I mean, if well, you, Sharon gave it a fuck. If you took the same deer that was treated the same way since it was killed and the same cut of meat. He did. Side by side, one in, one out, everything, exact preparation on both, everything. Then maybe. That's what he did. Okay, well then. Side by side. I don't know. I just have been. It doesn't matter then. Why is that? Who's he asking? He was just doing it as like a, a test. Yeah. But I, I've always done the. I mean, I think I've always been other impression that you just keep it on top and you turn I, it. I think and, Ohio deer beat beat it all in my book so far. <laughs> until I eat something better, that because I've eaten good Kansas and Illinois deer, which are very good. Don't get me wrong. And you know, yeah. Virginia deer are delicious. But when I took that that strap off that Ohio buck, mm-hmm. it looked like a freaking. It came off like a beautiful marbled Angus. Like Salt Bay had just out. got Dude, it as a nurse at Steakhouse it, or whatever it was. Yeah, it looked like something you would order. It looked like something that if you would order online from like some place for your boss for Christmas, you know, and it was like a $300 package where they send you like a bunch mm-hmm. of good cuts and you were looking at the brochure. It's the piece of meat that they actually used in the photo shoot in the brochure on the front of the brochure. Mm-hmm. And and it didn't just look like that. It tasted how it looked. Man, I wish I could have been there for that. You, know, I, <laughs> you got like the best deer ever and you were like, hey, you got to try this before I eat it all. I invited you. But I got the two hams for you. You were out of town, dude. You were out of <laughs> oh, town. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was hiking in the big cypress eating you dirt. You were doing like 12 <laughs> dudes deep and, 12 and dudes. two liter of KY. <laughs> <laughs> what? It was a heck of a trip. On that it note, got to like, pro tip: <laughs> take KY was, on a man's trip yeah. into the woods. No, it was thirty-six degrees at night. It was cold <laughs> as hell. It was so brutal. Snuggle but bottle. I was in a hammock. Banana man hammock. Well, at least the gerbil stayed warm. <laughs> hey, was it? Um, <laughs> The hamster thing I sent you yesterday was like mis- oh, hamsters. Sorry. It was uh, my secret hamster life or something like that. And the guy does mazes. He's got two million subscribers. The guy's probably making eight hundred grand a year with just hamster mazes. So you can run one with your own. Uh, we should what, do what that. They call that thing. Um, <laughs> I forgot what the what? what was the like the amateur porn site. Uh, the what do they call it? Like the my life. They like the. The the channel, what do they call that thing? Okeechobee Johns? <laughs> yeah, no. Hamster party? <laughs> That's what they are. Uh, anyways. We have to find a reason to keep the uh, podcast mature. Interesting. Explicit. Yeah. That's what we're doing. John really put. doesn't have, like, never really had a bunch of hamsters and doesn't no. do that stuff. Last thing I want to mention, our last hunt that we had, we went snipe hunting, had uh, Ian on there. He's uh, starting his YouTube channel. Talk trash outdoors. Yep. So give him a follow, look, and subscribe he, and all that stuff. But he's got some cool stuff. Like he did a like smoked cool. mullet. And I've never had smoked mullet before. My neighbor brought me some. It is fantastic. I mean, honestly, it's fantastic. I'm I'm real interested in catching some of them in some clean water. You think we're an information yeah. source for anything? Go look at his videos. Yeah, he's got some local stuff of... He's he's basically doing the following the migration, mm-hmm. but he's putting it into a video format. And, yep, and he's a cool dude, and he's real, and he keeps it real. And and we took him snipe hunting. Snipe hunting was the first for you last year, and, and he. Um, I mean, dude, thankfully he was shoot. He shot like 
Most of the birds. Oh, wait, no, that was me on that trip. Yeah. You know, actually, though, when you break it down, because you walked like eight miles and I think he did like three. He, you know, I was thinking like, because I did about eight miles too and I killed like three or four and he killed three or four and you killed. He was on my shoulders half the time. Was, but I had him on my shoulders. He was shooting off my shoulders. <laughs> but he probably had the most birds per mile, though, when you break it down. You know, I'm going to just hang out at the boat because they all fly back to it. You know? Yeah. It's one of those things. Snipe hunting, you know, you, you like duck hunting, you give someone a spot and they're like, oh. You know, it gets blown out, but snipe hunting, you have to put so many miles on and the water changes so much that. Well, you're talking about like the like, Joe Rogan thing, luck. like pushing yourself and getting outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And like, you never really grow until you get outside your comfort zone. You get like locked in the same Just old thing. Just getting the habits and complacent. Well, have and, you seen all my boots I wear for stuff? I've got like my marsh boots and my swamp boots and my uh-huh. waders and this and that. Yeah. Well, I, I was just commenting how you had tons of boots on from. Yeah. I put holes in my boots. Yeah. You want to keep things difficult. Leave holes in your boots. Put holes in your boots, dude. <laughs> so you always have something you're overcoming, like filling up with water or just being cold. Yeah. yeah. Like my Keep- duck hunt yesterday, I fell in a ditch. Yep. I don't know what it is about Dutch did duck you, hunting. Did you see the, did I shoot the video of I did, the one I did yesterday of uh, when mm-hmm. I shot the otter and the duck? Mm-mm. I didn't post it. I'll post it. I'll, I'll, I wanted to wait for the snipe reel to go, but I'll put it on the um, our Instagram page of the hunt yesterday. Looking for that otter. Just falling in a hole. I went over. Oh, dude, it was so deep. And when I first started looking for it, I finally found it and I kicked it up and got it. And I was literally like, I set my cell phone up, self filming. I was like, hey, this could be good. And I kept thinking this might be, I might disappear into a hole in the bottom of the swamp because like my waders fill up and I hit the wrong hole. I'm gone mm-hmm. or I drown. And they just find my freaking camera sitting on a cypress knee, sitting there. And then they look at the video and then you could see me be gone. It was a weird thought I had. But right after I said it, I go, all right, I'm not sure how deep. I just got to make sure I don't go over my waders. Literally, the very next step I took, I slipped off the log, went right into a hole, filled my waders up. Hmm. I'll have to post a video, but I got the otter and filled your waders up. Yeah, I didn't have waders yesterday. It was all like shin high stuff, and I walked into a hole that went above my waist, and I thought I was going to lose my phone. That's how duck hunting is, though. That's why, you know, you end up, your stuff's a mess, like. I don't know. My or, dog's got mud all over the backseat. Or we could just get a duck boat and go actually duck hunt like normal people. Like we've talked about for like three years. Instead of all these like a hundred dollar like rigs. I think, dude, I got the boat. I got, why don't we, why don't we just. I'll put in for the boat. I got the boat. We'll just find a motor and put it on there and then we'll yeah. just have it. I mean, it's already got the name on the side. It's the mudder ducker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good idea. We just got to, I got the motor out there. I got to drop it off. Well, well, we'll figure it out. Other than that, snipe hunting, ducks over, shoot some coyotes, turkeys coming. February 28th, youth weekend for South Zone. Huh, yeah. Sooner than you think. But all right. Look for my crab traps, the stone crab traps. They're made of cypress. You cannot miss them. If you see someone, reward will be paid. And if I catch anyone messing with mine, I, f- I swear to God, dude, I will come out of my boat and I will drown you with my bare hands. I'm serious, dude. I don't mess around like that. We're doubling down on the If crabs. someone has the balls to freaking screw my stuff and I actually catch them, I will freaking hammer them down, dude. I'll stuff you down in that swamp mud. Bam. And then I'll cut you in pieces. You mean the marsh you back mud? In the trap. You're going to take them to the swamp? I'll use you as tra- crab bait. Bam. Well, they're cypress siding, so... Keep your eyes out. <laughs> Anyways, it's episode 27. The Crusty Mole Podcast. John Lindsley, Billy Tarver. See you. <laughs>